chapter fourteen of the subjection of isabel carnaby this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the subjection of isabel carnaby by ellen thornycroft fowler chapter fourteen the living of gaythorne there was woe and lamentation in the parish of gaythorne over the death of the rector who had held the incumbency for the last five-and-thirty years as he had been a man somewhat lax with regard to catholic doctrine and wholly inartistic in respect to canonical form mrs gaythorne had no anxiety as to his condition in the future state but she missed a friendship which had lasted through the whole of her life as matron and widow and she shrank from the idea of a new incumbent who would not obey her as implicitly as mr cattley had done true the latter had suffered from occasional lapses in obedience there was one never to be forgotten occasion when he introduced the custom of carrying out the psalmist's original intention and singing the songs of degrees instead of reading them aloud alternately with the congregation which daring innovation so upset mrs gaythorne that for some time she absented herself from her parish church and attended a wesleyan chapel in the neighbourhood but even here the poor lady could not long find rest for her soul for when the season for it came round the wesleyans thought it meet and right to offer a public thanksgiving to god for the joy of harvest and they decorated their chapel for this occasion with corn and flowers this was too much for mrs gaythorne she scented ritualism in every dahlia popery in every ear of corn and when she espied upon the front of the pulpit the sign of her salvation wrought in white chrysanthemums to bring before the faithful the symbol of their faith she shook the dust of the place off her feet for ever and left the chapel to re-enter it no more but she did not go so far as to withdraw her subscription to the wesleyan missionary society in consequence in which perhaps she was somewhat inconsistent since the object of all missionary societies is to take their part in fulfilling the divine command to preach to every creature that cross which was to the jew a stumbling-block and to the greek foolishness and to mrs gaythorne the sign manual of rome but her practices were ever superior to her precepts and she always atoned by the kindliness of her conduct for the cruelty of her creed so she returned into the fold of her own parish and gradually forgave mr cattley for his unseemly attempt to carry out the intentions of the original authors in his presentment of the psalms but she continued to read these same spiritual songs in a loud voice while the rest of the congregation were singing them once again was mr cattley convicted of backsliding by the introduction of the singing of those responses which fall to the people and not to the priest 
mrs gaythorne did not leave the church again for that her recent experience at the wesleyan chapel having made her feel somewhat like noah's dove before the abatement of the waters but she entered her protest by still repeating the responses in as conversational a tone as she could command and beginning them a good two seconds before anybody else the living of gaythorne was a very good one as livings go nowadays five hundred a year and an excellent rectory and the income was regular and secure not being dependent upon either glebe or tithes so there was much speculation as to who would be mr cattley's successor who has the presentation to this living asked fabia of her husband a few days after the old rector's death it belongs to me replied charlie by which he meant to his mother i thought so and i want you to give it to gabriel carr oh fabia and poor charlie's distress was poignant he adored his wife and would do anything in reason that she asked him but he didn't wish she would not ask him such unreasonable things mrs charles gaythorne shrugged her shoulders impatiently it is no use saying oh fabia in that timorous and ineffective tone i have told you what my wishes are and i expect you to carry them out but fabia but me no buts if you please surely you can make anybody rector here that you like seeing that even if you cannot call your soul your own you can so call the living of gaythorne charlie winced his wife's jibes never failed to touch him on the raw but fabia darling you must see that mother would never consent to a high churchman being appointed rector here i thought you said the living was in your gift i did but then i failed to see where your mother comes in poor charlie fairly groaned oh fabia i really couldn't go against my mother in a thing like this she minds so awfully about churches and services and things of that kind that i should feel a regular brute if i didn't pan it all out to suit her fabia's lips curled her husband's fear of his mother never failed to arouse her contempt then you do not mind going against your wife's wishes yes i do darling i mind most awfully but can't you understand that religion is the mater's particular hobby while it isn't yours i mean you don't really care about high church or low church and all that sort of business while it is just meat and drink to mother i believe it would kill her to have a regular high churchman planted down under her very nose she couldn't stand it at her age that is simply absurd she would soon get used to it not she i know my mother you can't remember what an awful shindy she made when old cattley took to bawling out the psalms altogether instead of making them into a sort of ride and tie business turn and turn about as they used to be but i can and i shall never forget it by jove it regularly knocked her to pieces fabia still occupied the seat of the scornful i thought the psalms were meant to be sung songs usually are not a bit of it why nobody ever thought of singing them at gaythorne church till old cattley got a ridiculous idea into his head that it would be an improvement or some idiotic notion of that kind and it upset the mater most dreadfully 
she forgave the old fool after a bit because she is so awfully christian and charitable and all that don't you know but the church has never been the same to her since i was quite a little boy at the time but i remember the fuss and what did your father say oh father did his best to smooth her down said that a psalm was a psalm don't you know and comforting things of that sort but it drove her to the wesleyan chapel for all that for weeks and weeks she used to take me with her while father stuck to the parish church and i used to enjoy it it was a bit of a change for a little chap whose nose was generally glued to the prayer-book in his family pew fabia smiled her husband's ideas and traditions never failed to rouse her mirth then did mr cattley ever go so far as to sing the hymns or were they also performed on what you call the ride and tie principle in those primeval days she asked charlie looked at her in innocent amazement of course they sang the hymns what are hymns for but to be sung the same argument applies then to singing the psalms since psalms are hymns they can't be because they are in the prayer-book and the prayer-book and the hymn-book are quite different books don't you know you might as well say that the army list and the racing calendar are the same as say that the prayer-book and the hymn-book are well then you anglicans hold that the bible and the prayer-book are very much the same thing don't you retorted fabia who could never resist the temptation to wave the red rag when she saw one lying about her husband looked really shocked good gracious no what an idea i'm glad the mater didn't hear you say that it would upset her awfully why nothing would induce her to read what she calls her daily portion out of the prayer-book psalms she wouldn't do it for anything she always reads them out of the regular bible i see why continued charles waxing eloquent when i was a little chap at school she found out that the master who took the scripture form made us learn some of the prayer-book psalms by heart and she kicked up an awful row about it wrote to the head don't you know and insisted on her son learning the psalms as they really were in the bible or not at all that is enough about the psalms said fabia in a bored tone of voice what i want to know is are you going to oblige me about the living of gaythorne or are you not in short are you going to offend me or your mother charlie looked as indeed he felt absolutely wretched he hated to deny his wife anything that she desired but the alternative was by no means an alluring one he could have faced a charge of cavalry without turning a hair but when it came to facing his mother it was a different thing and the flesh was weak so he feebly temporized i don't believe mother would ever stand carr's goings on his flowers and vestments and early services and things of that kind but she is very fond of him said fabia stooping to argue with her trembling lord and master oh that's quite a different thing she can't help liking him as a man nobody could he is such a pleasant chap that nobody would ever take him for a clergyman replied charlie with unconscious humour but it's as a parson that he roughs her up of course you are master in your own house and so must do as you think fit said fabia with a satirical smile i have told you my wishes and there is no more to be said but i should have imagined that you might have done it 
for mr carr's sake if not for mine you must see how hard it is for him to have to give up one living with no prospect of another oh i'm sorry enough for carr there's no doubt on that score charley ruefully replied he's a rattling good fellow and it's deuced hard on him to have to chuck everything like this deuced hard but all the same i can't have my mother's peace of mind sacrificed to him and there's an end of it fabia rose from her seat and left the room her clinging robes trailing gracefully behind her she did not deign to vouchsafe another word to her recalcitrant husband whose misery was very real indeed poor charlie he was highly inexperienced in his management of fabia if he had put his foot down and said that he would not give the living to carr because he did not choose to do so she would have submitted to his decision with a good grace and would have respected him for knowing his own mind even if it did not coincide with hers but when he refused to do so on the ground that his mother did not wish it he threw over his prestige as a husband and lowered himself in his wife's eyes a wise man never backs up his marital authority by quotations from any woman not even from his own mother for wives despise a constitutional government and at heart love the despot who rules them by divine right provided of course that he is not too despotic and does not take undue advantage of his kingship and they invariably support the salic law and will have no woman not even a mother-in-law to reign over them now if the truth must be told fabia understood mrs gaythorne a great deal better than charlie did she knew that underneath the ferocity of that lady's creed was concealed the tenderest of hearts and that the worthy woman's doings were as overflowing with charity as her doctrines were the reverse so she retailed to mrs gaythorne the exhaustive account of gabriel's afflictions which she had received by letter from isabel seaton and left the seed thus sown to bear fruit accordingly charlie's mother though an excellent woman and a consistent christian was most delightfully human and consequently she was so much pleased with gabriel for having ruined his health as she believed by his high church practices thereby proving that she was righteous in her judgments and justified in her sayings that she completely forgave the sinner in contemplating the satisfactory results of the sin so after hearing several times the full account of poor gabriel's overthrow as written by isabel and illustrated by fabia she went to spend a day with her old friend eveline carr in order to see for herself how the land lay mrs carr and mrs gaythorne were friends of long standing and were warmly attached to each other all the more warmly because they did not understand one another in the very least many sincere and constant friendships are thus founded upon a basis of profound and mutual misunderstanding we are all of us prone to esteem certain people for qualities which they do not and never have pretended to possess but we in the vain imagination of our hearts have endowed them with these qualities and feel affection for them accordingly mrs gaythorne loved mrs carr for being a mystic of deep and clear spiritual perceptions with an intuitive conception of the mysteries of evangelical dogma 
while mrs carr reverenced mrs gaythorne as a broad-minded and experienced woman of the world equally conversant with the wisdom of god and the foolishness of man this is an unfortunate business gabriel that i heard from isabel seaton about your health began mrs gaythorne when the preliminary greetings were over and the party had seated themselves at what was mrs gaythorne's lunch and the car's dinner a very unfortunate business some people would have left the discussion of unpleasant subjects until the meal was over but that was not mrs gaythorne's way what she had to say she said regardless of any other consideration whatsoever she was a woman distinguished by singleness of purpose and freedom of utterance gabriel sighed it is a great trouble and a bitter disappointment to me to have to give up st ethel's i can assure you of that mrs gaythorne then why talk about it interrupted janet i never see the use of talking about disagreeable things especially at meal-times mrs gaythorne turned upon her a look of reproach i have come here for the sole purpose of talking about it janet field so it must be talked about meal-time or no meal-time i cannot consider the meat that perisheth when i have gabriel's soul under my consideration but janet had her reply ready it was gabriel's body that i was thinking about mrs gaythorne and as his soul just now is in a far better condition than his body i think it is the latter that should claim our attention still dearest janet said mrs carr feeling electricity in the air and being intent on peace a body without a soul is not of much avail even a country parish with no daily service and the litany on wednesdays and fridays which is what i crave for my boy just now complete rest and absence from all worry being the thing prescribed though i admit that when one scents the sound of danger one should profit by the warning and husband the lost strength until it has regained its accustomed tone and vigour i am not surprised replied mrs gaythorne saying what she had come to say what could any man expect from daily services and all the other performances at st ethelreda's but a complete breakdown in his health i knew it would come to this from the very beginning and it has the good lady conveyed the impression that if it had not she would have been as much disappointed as the prophet jonah at the sparing of nineveh gabriel was distinctly amused mrs gaythorne never made him angry i did the little i could and am thankful that my health allowed me to do as much as i did but i grieve sorely that it prevents me from doing more there is nothing to grieve over in that gabriel carr be thankful you are prevented from doing any more mischief in that benighted parish instead of fretting that you are prevented from doing any more good i will gladly raise that te deum mrs gaythorne replied the persecuted vicar stifling a laugh but all the same i did my best according to your lights added mrs gaythorne amending his sentence certainly i accept the emendation but no one can act save according to his lights you cannot yourself mrs gaythorne 
but i take care to see that my lights are the right lights that makes all the difference how do you know that they are the right lights asked janet the lady looked at her more in sorrow than in anger what an absurd question janet field how do i know that the sun is shining above our heads you don't retorted janet because as a matter of fact it isn't there is no above or below in space mrs gaythorne shook her head reproachfully janet field i perceive you are becoming a freethinker if not an atheist and that is quite as bad if not worse than being high church i do not approve of young people filling their heads with all these modern speculations but janet held her ground it is not modern at all it is a notion that dates from the days of de quincey not to say from the foundation of the world don't you remember that magnificent passage of his where he says that among the constellations above was below below was above depth was swallowed up in height insurmountable height was swallowed up in depth unfathomable it is one of the finest paragraphs ever written i do not approve of de quincey he took too much of something i forget what it was but i know he would have been a great deal better without it still argued janet he proved that there are really no such things as height and depth in space nothing of the kind replied the indomitable he proved that he did not know the difference between above and below himself but there was nothing remarkable in that persons who take too much of anything frequently confuse the two hear hear cried gabriel in applause in this respect the meeting is entirely with you besides mrs gaythorne continued triumphantly if there is not an above or below there cannot be a heaven or hell and if that is so what is to become of us all i should like to know gabriel laughed outright mrs gaythorne's theology never failed to afford him the keenest pleasure here the hostess thought it time to interfere as she was afraid that the young people were not showing proper respect to their guest of course dear mrs gaythorne as you say we couldn't possibly do without heaven and hell both as a punishment and an inducement modern theology being so lax in matters of doctrine although very charitable in all good works and though we are expressly told that the spirit matters quite as much as the letter yet we must pay attention to the articles of our faith or else where should we be i would rather not express an opinion answered mrs gaythorne all i can say is that i feel sure de quincey knows the difference well enough by now and wishes that he had not taken quite so much of that stuff that made him confuse the two gabriel and janet were rocking themselves to and fro in a silent ecstasy of mirth but their levity fortunately was hid from mrs gaythorne who calmly continued and now that my prognostications have been fulfilled and you have ruined your health by your empty forms and ceremonies i want to know what you are going to do for a living gabriel carr that is just what i want to know myself mrs gaythorne i have no private means at all and my mother has only just enough to keep herself and janet so that now i have been compelled to resign the living of st ethel there seems nothing before me but the workhouse 
i never approved of the name of that church said mrs gaythorne i never approve of any saints that do not come out of the bible they seem to me popish gabriel didn't christen the church suggested janet in extenuation i have nothing to do with that all i say is that i do not approve of fancy saints yet the lives of some of them were very beautiful said mrs carr think of st francis of assisi preaching to the birds as he sat on a gridiron heated seven times hotter if it wasn't st lawrence which i almost think it was and then st catherine whirling round on fireworks till she was burned up and st sebastian pierced all over with arrows which had poisoned heads and barbed points surely all these set us a beautiful example though of course to be adapted to modern needs manners and customs being so different now to what they were then and arrows and gridirons being used for such different purposes or not at all i should like a few words alone with gabriel said mrs gaythorne when lunch was over it was not her custom to beat about the bush and intrigue for tete-a-tetes as it is the custom of some women so mrs carr and janet retired and left the two others together now gabriel the lady began you have brought this illness upon yourself by your own foolishness there is no doubt on that score but what is done is done and it is no good harping on it any further the thing we have to consider is what is to be done now precisely mrs gaythorne that is what i have been considering for several weeks and i am as far away from any conclusion as i was when i began then i am not i have decided to tell my son charles to confer upon you the living of gaythorne gabriel was dumbfoundered he understood perhaps better than any one what it must have cost mrs gaythorne to make this decision and he felt almost overpowered by the magnitude of her sacrifice but dear mrs gaythorne consider what you are doing i have considered i am not one to act without due consideration i am not of your way of thinking upon many subjects no one knows that better than i do and though i would do anything in my power to please you dear mrs gaythorne i could not put aside my own convictions for you or for anybody i mean that if i were appointed to the living of gaythorne i should feel it my duty to conduct the worship of god as i believe he has ordained and not as i think my parishioners desire in some things a minister of religion is the servant of all but in others he owes no allegiance to any but to the master himself and to him alone he is responsible and i believe that the form in which he worships the master is one of these latter things i want you fully to understand this before you allow your son to appoint me rector of gaythorne i do fully understand it i know you well enough to be aware that you are as obstinate as possible where your conscience is concerned as obstinate as i am myself and i respect you for it gabriel could hardly forbear smiling and yet you wish me to become rector of gaythorne i do although i know that you will do many things of which i heartily disapprove and that you will count them to yourself for righteousness but as i grow older i am beginning to see that the spirit is of vastly more importance than the letter 
and that it is possible to serve god in various ways though i never shall believe that one way is quite as acceptable to him as another but i have learnt to say from my heart grace be to all them that love our lord jesus christ in sincerity even though they show their love in ways that personally i have no sympathy with and i do believe that you love our lord jesus christ in sincerity although i admit that you are prone to display your devotion in an extremely undesirable fashion therefore i shall command my son to offer you the living of gaythorne since i believe it would be better for the parish to be ruled by a misguided man who truly loves god than by one of my own way of thinking who does not gabriel's eyes filled with tears of gratitude as he took his old friend's hand and kissed it i can never express in words what i feel about this matter mrs gaythorne i am not only profoundly grateful to you for thus coming to my help in a time of sore need but i am even more grateful for the testimony you bear to my efforts in the past to do what is right by offering me the charge of your own parish to a man who does not see by any means eye to eye with you on many religious questions and i swear to you that i will do all in my power to prevent you from ever regretting the choice into which you have been led by the kindness of your warm and loving heart so help me god thus gabriel went on his way and the angels of god met him in the forms of janet field and mrs gaythorne and the lord sent him bread and meat as well as the spiritual comfort of the still small voice so he went forward rejoicing little dreaming of the darkness of desolation which awaited him End of chapter 14